0: What's up guys? We're back with another podcast. This is episode 3 of the Chatted Up podcast. And you know, I delayed this one a bit because there was some big big sports news happening every single night. And so I just decided, you know, let's put it out. So you're probably seeing this on Thursday or Friday. But anyways, let's get into the news because there is a lot. So let's start with the NFL. J.J. Watt announced that or I guess the Texans released J.J. Watt, and he's came out saying that he kind of wants to go to the Browns, I think. He could go to the Steelers or Green Bay. I think those are the three teams, because he's from Green Bay, his brother plays in Pittsburgh, and then he said that he wants to go to the Browns. So I think those are the three teams that are in contention for him. Uh, You know, I think any team, if they have the opportunity, should try and get him. He's one of the best at his position and has been for a while. So... Any one of those three teams would be very lucky to have a guy like J.J. Watt on their defensive line. Um, what in the Well, the big thing that happened was actually today, Carson Wentz was traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I think this is... It was for two draft picks, their later draft picks, not a first-rounder or anything. Um, this is a very interesting trade for both teams. You know, the Eagles... They he's still gonna be making the most on their team next season at thirty three mil I think it is, but for the Colts you know they Philip Rivers retired they needed a quarterback if they don't have to pay Carson Wentz that much then this deal is is like I think it's a very solid deal for the Colts because they have the weapons they needed the quarterback, and, you know Carson Wentz I'm not a big fan of him but you know he could be a guy that could come back maybe if, even if doesn't play like his twenty whatever it was when he was almost the MVP. But if you can play somewhat respectable as a starting quarterback, this is a great move for the Colts and the Eagles. They have Jalen Hurts, so there was no point of keeping Carson Wentz on on their uh, roster. So that's about it for the NFL. Just J.J. Watt and Carson Wentz, but those are two massive uh, massive moves in the MLB. Um, I have not talked since since Trevor Bauer was signed with the. Uh, la dodgers so that was a big pickup for them um you know it's it's really unfair how the dodgers and the yankees can pretty much get whoever they want and they have an unlimited salary cap it's unfortunate for smaller market teams like tampa bay and oakland but i guess that's how how the mlb works um honestly it's an all right signing he's making a lot more but when the dodgers sign someone it doesn't really matter like they re-sign justin turner and it's like Okay, nice. They used cap. Now they have like five hundred million more dollars in space, but now they have Walker, Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, and Trevor Bauer, one of the best pitching staffs in the league. You still could make the case that they don't have the best, but I mean their top three is definitely um, one of the best in the league, and probably their top three is probably the best, but their whole rotation isn't. Um, J T. Realmuto resigned. Um, I'm not sure the the term on that contract, but it was for quite a bit and a long time. And then the massive, the massive thing that happened was Fernando Tatis Jr. last night as well. He signed a 14-year, $340 million contract worth $24 million a year. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that I've heard people say it's a great deal for the Padres, and I've heard people say it's a great deal for Tatis. And here's where I stand. I think it's a win-win because Tatis gets the 14 years, which is probably what he was looking for, you know, in case an injury happens or something. He can secure the money and make sure that, well, now he has $340 million, which is great for him. And now the reason that it's great for the Padres as well is because Although the t- the years might not be great because they kept could have kept a, um, him on arbitration for the next few years, um, Tatis is only making twenty four million dollars, and I expect him to become a top three to four guy in the league and win at least one MVP in his future, probably multiple. And for fourteen years, if he's making twenty four million dollars a year, you know the salary is gonna keep going up. And this, he's going to be so undervalued in like six or seven years. So I think it's a very solid deal for the Padres. They probably didn't want to have to sign him for that long. But if Tatis was willing to take an undercut on a 14-year contract, then I mean, the Padres would, were probably really happy to do this deal. So it's very solid for both because the Padres also get to make sure they have Fernando Tatis for pretty much the rest of his career, unless he has some, a really long career, but for the best parts of his career. And I think that this means that he'll be with the Padres unless he gets traded until the age thirty five to thirty seven, somewhere around there. So it's pretty crazy. Um another small thing that happened was Tim Tebow retired. That's not really big. But yeah, he his his um his baseball career has come to an end, just like his football did at one point. Um, over to the NBA. Uh, the All Star game is gonna happen. I think it's March I don't know it's it's in March and they're gonna have the three-point contest the skills contest the dunk contest and then the game and they're gonna be doing so I don't know if there's they've planned the same format but they're gonna do some sort of format to honor the passing of Kobe Bryant like they did last year and you know it was a very good all-star game last year It was definitely one of the best very entertaining came down to the wire so you know hopefully we get another good one again but players are saying that it's not very great they don't like the idea, but hopefully that none of the players opt out and that they actually go to play. Um, in the NBA, that's kind of it. There are no big trades or anything. Um, MVPs right now: Embiid, Jokic, LeBron, Curry. Probably the top four. Yeah, those are probably the top four for MVP voting right now. My Celtics are not doing too well lately. They've lost to the Pistons, Wizards, and Hawks. And three out of their last four, I think? Yeah. Um, And then, over in the NHL, McDavid got his 500th point, and that was in 369 games. So that ties Sidney Crosby for uh, 8th or 10th all-time, fastest to 500 points, which is incredible for him. And my Ottawa Senators, I know we're... You guys know where this is going. Uh, They came back from a 5-1 lead with a period and 20 seconds left. So in 20, probably 22 including the overtime, in 22 minutes, they scored five goals to secure the win, led by Evgeny Dadnov with his game-tying bat batted shot into the net and then his game-winner breakaway um, over Freddie Anderson. But then last night, the Leafs did take it. That was a great game, 2-1. Great goaltending from both sides, you know, the game winner went off Matt Murray's head and uh, hit off the post, but it was very solid play from both sides. Other than that, there's not much in the NHL. Um, men's college basketball, um, the the big thing that will be going on in this podcast is actually my NBA mock draft 1.0, so I'll be going over, um, the standings are from like a la- last week, probably a week ago when you're seeing this, but... Um, before I made this, I talk about it. But Jalen Johnson uh, just announced that his college basketball career will be over. And, you know, from a business standpoint, this makes a lot of sense. You know, as a Duke fan, it's kind of sad to see Jalen Johnson go. You know, he was our one hope. And with us being 9-8, and eight, most likely not making the March Madness tournament, but having five games left, one against Virginia and one against Louisville, which meaning we there is a slight chance that we could have made it it is really sad to see him go, and pretty much our chances to make March Madness are pretty much gone now. And that's that's about it for the sports news. As I said, the 1.0 mock draft will be uh, the big thing in the podcast. I've also uh, That's also going to be on YouTube, so it should be out on YouTube around the same time, in case you want to Watch it there as well, and then later today or tomorrow, I should be coming out with two videos, one on Fernando Tati's junior contract. It'll be like a three to five minute video, and then another three to five minute video on the Carson Wentz trade and what I think about that. I'll just go into more detail on what I've talked about today, but nothing much different. Um, This is the news portion of the Chatted Up podcast for episode three. Um, There was a lot of news, but... I didn't go into much detail because I'm going to save that for the YouTube videos, so you come back and watch. But yeah, I hope you enjoy this mock draft. Let's get into it. It belongs to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and this isn't necessarily a prospect ranking. I would consider it more, yeah, it's more of a mock draft, so I'm going the realistic picks because the first one here is definitely not the best prospect in this draft, but the Minnesota Timberwolves will take center Evan Mobley. So... This was a really interesting one because, in my opinion, Cade Cunningham is the best prospect in this draft. But because the Timberwolves have Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, and D'Angelo Russell, I made them take Evan Mobley instead of a guard. Now I know they have Karl-Anthony Towns, but pairing Cat and Mobley in the front court could actually be very solid, considering Karl-Anthony Towns is already a great three-point shooter, and let's talk about Evan Mobley's stats. So, 17.5 points a game, 9.6 rebounds. Two assists, so not great at passing, but that's fine. Three blocks a game, so he's a great defender. I know blocks aren't all just defensive, but he's a good defender. And he's shooting 30% from three-point range. So this means, although he's seven foot tall, that the spacing will still be fine. You know, If Cat can hit threes and Mobley can hit threes, this starting five could be very dangerous. And I didn't want to pick Cade Cunningham, because then Malik Beasley wouldn't really get minutes, and it would just be harder to fit him into the lineup. But I think Evan Mobley could easily fit into this lineup as a starting 4 or 5 for the Minnesota Timberwolves in his rookie season. So with that being said, the second overall pick in this mock draft belongs to the Detroit Pistons where they're taking point guard Cade Cunningham. So as I said earlier, Cade Cunningham, in my opinion, is the best prospect in the league. Um, he's the best prospect for most people. But um, he a- he's averaging 20 points, 6.6 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 1.1 blocks and one and a half steals a game, and he's also leading, he's he's leading his team, he's te- leading his college team to actually, like, they're going to make March Madness for sure, and they're he's putting them on the stage where people actually know who they are, you know. Um, Oklahoma State University, they're not known really, but as soon as they got him, that was a big pickup, and, you know, kids helped them, I think, I don't know about now, but I know a few days ago I think that they were ranked in the top 25 somewhere from 20 to 25 so he's really put them on a the stage and he's definitely the best prospect you know the Pistons took Cade Cunningham I mean, sorry they're gonna take Cade Cunningham but in last year's draft they took Killian Hayes but still there's no way you can pass up on Cade at pick two they just traded Derrick Rose so they have room they have DeLon, Cade, and Killian Hayes but they can kinda run like a Oklahoma City Thunder with Schroeder, Chris Paul, and Shea something like that except obviously lower tier players so with that being said at number three, the team that just beat the Boston Celtics today, as I'm filming this, the Washington Wizards. Um, they're gonna. I have them selecting the Jalen Green, who's a small forward, playing in the G League. So, from what I know, I think he's only played one or two games, so I'm not really showing his stats. It was long, along with um, the other guys who are in the draft. Actually, I won't name them because there's like two or three guys that could have gone from the G League, but I'm not going to spoil it. Anyways, Jalen Green... Is a great small forward we haven't got to see much of him but in his first in his first game i know he was very solid i don't know if he's played a second one or not but he's a great prospect you know he might not be on the same the same level as cade and evan mobley but he's the third guy behind them in my opinion you know there's there's evan mobley cade cunningham and then there's like four or five guys that i think are in that next tier. jalen green is at the top of that next tier, and you know with the Wizards, if they keep Beal and Westbrook, and then they get Jalen Green, then they can run Rui or Denny at power forward and Thomas Bryan at center. I think small forward is the one position that they needed, and you know Jalen Green would fit that really well for the Washington Wizards. So at number four, I have the Orlando. The Orlando Magic will be selecting uh, point guard shooting guard Jalen Suggs of Gonzaga. You know, 19 points, seven rebounds, f- f- uh, six assists, and three steals a game. Very solid perimeter defender. Uh, he's leading Gonzaga to be a great team this year. And he'll fit pretty solid on the Magic, assuming that they keep Vucevic and don't trade him for someone like Kemba Walker. Um, You know, Mar- with Markel's injuries being up in the air, I think he could definitely fit into the rotation, maybe even as maybe maybe as a starter or a backup in the first season behind Markel. But then they have Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. So, you know, you need to start somewhere with their point guard. And with Markel having his injury concerns, I don't think he's going to be their future starting point guard, even though he's looked really good when he's played. I think Jalen Suggs fits fits the position v- very well for the Orlando Magic. So then we have number five. We have the Chicago Bulls. And uh, the Chicago Bills. I have them taking another G League player in Jonathan Kaminga. So Jonathan Kaminga, just like Jalen Green, they're on the same team because it's like a prospects team. But he hasn't played... Uh, I-, I know in the first game he played better than than Jalen Green. I think he had 20-something points. So he looked very solid. I have Jalen Green just and uh, Jalen Suggs both ahead of him. Just We haven't seen enough of Kaminga, and based off of the performance so far, Jalen Suggs has been better. And from what I know, Jalen Green is supposed to be better than Kaminga. So I have Kaminga at 5 to the Bulls. And the Bulls right now, they have Kobe White and Zach Levine, and then they have Wendell Carter Jr. and Markkanen. So that small forward position is the one position in their starting five that I think could definitely use some improvement. So I think they take Jonathan Kaminga, you know, a great small forward. I think, he's, I think he's pretty tall for a small forward position. I don't remember his exact height. But I think he'll be very solid for the Chicago Bulls, and he fits their starting five very nice. So at number six, just outside of the top five, I have small forward, power forward, for my, my favorite college or university, Jalen Johnson for Duke. So this season, Jalen Johnson's averaging 19 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks, and 2 steals a game. You know, he's putting up very solid stats, but Duke has not been very successful this season. So, I mean, you could, before before the college season, I think he definitely would have been higher. But since Duke's performance hasn't been great, you could even make the case to put him at 7, I think. You could put him at 5. But I have him at 6 for the Cavs. You know, They have Drummond and Jared Allen. I would assume Drummond to get traded or dropped uh, at the trade deadline, or they're just not going to re-sign him. I think so that would leave Jared Allen as the starting center, and there aren't there aren't very there aren't. This isn't really a center draft other than Evan Mobley, and there's one other guy. Um, But yeah, he he's not the guy for uh, they don't need a center, and then they their guards are fine. So I think small forward, power forward, is the position they need. You know, they're they, they have Jetty Osmond, but they don't really have that one guy for the feature that I think they truly believe in to be a starting caliber, uh, small forward, power forward, and a star in the league. And that's what I think Jalen Johnson can be. You know, he's a great rebounder. He's six foot nine, I think, but he'll probably play power forward, but I mean he could play small forward as well. Very athletic. Um, at number seven I have the Oklahoma City Thunder taking another small forward in Scotty Barnes, uh Scotty Barnes, fifteen points, six rebounds, six assists, two steals. We know another very solid player. With OKC, their future, they don't have they don't know about much so far. They have Shea Yildis Alexander, who will hopefully be their starting point guard for the future. They have Lou Dort, and they have Al Horford right now. But the future's up in the air. They have Darius Baisley and Theo Maladin, I guess. But they don't have much, and I think they just take the best player available here, Scotty Barnes. Now number eight we have the New York Knicks and this one is this one would be a... I, I think it's a bit of a surprise. I have Corey Kispert. So Kispert has twenty three points, six rebounds, and two and a half assists this season. You know, by he's he's a great scorer. Now a lot of people would have him more around the eleven to twelve range, but I brought him up to eight. The Knicks being a team that is usually known for taking guys out of the blue with the Kristaps Porzingis draft pick which was a great draft pick. It took Frank up I think that Corey Kispert could be a great draft pick for them. And I think th- this is definitely a team that he would go to because a bit off of the board pick, we've seen that with the Knicks. And, you know, I don't know. They're they they they're, they're playing very solid defense this season, so if they could add a great score onto that team, I think it would be very solid. Um, yeah, and I think that the Knicks at 8 will take Corey Kispert. So... At number 9, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder taking James Bukknight. I think that's how you pronounce it. Bukknight. Yeah, so this season he has 22 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and uh, and 1.5 steals a game. For the Thunder, again, having another pick, you know, uh, there's not really – it's hard for them because they don't have much for their future. So at this point, they take either best or second best available. I mean – I gave him Book Knight, but they could definitely go with the guy that I have uh, the next team drafting after them. But Book Knight or this guy looks a uh, good uh, draft pick. Scotty Barnes at seven is a great pick because I think the top seven are really like, the top seven are clear, and then after that it gets a bit iffy on who they pick. But I'll give them Book Knight unless the guy at number 10 ends up having a better season later on in the year because he's been pretty disappointing. But or, right now I have the Oklahoma City Thunder taking James Book Knight. Now, number ten, the Knicks have a pick again. So Thunder, Knicks, Thunder, Knicks. Knicks take Zaire Williamson. Zaire has been very disappointing this season, only averaging 15 points, seven rebounds, three assists, and a steal a game. And you know, coming into the season, people thought that he would be a much better prospect, definitely going top seven. But in my mock draft 1.0, he's dropped to number ten to the Knicks. Um, again, I think the Knicks, they're go- they're going best prospect here. Um. Zaire Williamson, although he hasn't showed much promise, you know, he could definitely bounce back. And maybe if he doesn't have a strong end to the season, he'll be good in the NBA. Kind of like a Cam Reddish who didn't really have the greatest college season after high expectations going into the season. But hopefully he has a very solid season, well, for the rest of the season. And the Knicks take him and he proves everyone wrong. But that's our top ten. I'm just doing the lottery, so uh, we got four more picks left. Number 11, the Houston Rockets. You know, for their future, they have Christian Wood. And, um, yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> uh, Christian Wood's the only guy that's really safe. You know, John Wall will stay for a point guard for a good amount of time, I think. But here, I have them taking Moses Moody, shooting guard. Um, he's averaging 18 points, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal a game. And again, with the Rockets not really having many guys that they, that are clear who they should take, I just give them Moses Moody, you know. Um, point guard, power forward, center, those are the guys that they kind of have right now. So they could have gone shooting guard or small forward, but I like Moses Moody in the fit on the Houston Rockets. So, number 12, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, their team's also interesting. They have a very solid point guard, shooting guard, power forward, and center. So, what does that mean? I give them a small forward in Franz Wagner. So, Franz is averaging 15 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 1.5 blocks, and 2 steals a game putting up very solid stats, um, great rebounder, and I think he'll ha- he'll. I think he goes to the Grizzlies because, as I said, they need a small forward with Jaw, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Valanchunas, you know, hopefully Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back in, has a very strong season, but they need a small forward, they don't really have one, yeah, they don't really have one for the future. And so I think here, if they if they miss the playoffs and they're able and he's still on the board when they have their pick, they got to take a small forward. And if they're this far down in the draft, if they're at number twelve and not higher up, then they'll go for Enz Wagner because he's kind of the he's kind of the late lottery small forward. I would say he's the only guy that they could kind of take to fit the positional need. But at number thirteen, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. Again, most of these are kind of positional. Not I don't watch that much college basketball, so it's not really um type of play and stuff. But the Pelicans take a center, Alperin Sengwin. So Sengwin does not play college basketball. Um, I'm actually not sure which league he plays in. But he doesn't play college basketball. Um, but his stats, if if when I read out these stats, it's going to be like, oh, he should be number one. But again, he's not playing college basketball, so not many people have watched him. I bet as the season goes on and more people start to watch him, he might rise in the draft. But his stats are 25 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. Two and a half blocks and two steals again. Uh, two steals a game, the New Orleans Pelicans don't really have a center. They I mean they have two great point guards. Um, they don't really have a shooting guard, and then they have Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. So they could take shooting guard or center. But you know, with the with with a prospect with this caliber of scoring and rebounding, I don't know why they wouldn't take Alperin and You know, he's looking really good on both sides of the floor. I watched some of his highlights. Um, he just looks like a complete stud. I think he's 6'11 or 7 feet tall, which would fit very nicely on the Pelicans, as they don't really have a center. The last time they drafted us, I don't know, but I remember they took Jackson Hayes, and he hasn't looked too good recently, so I think they take Alperin and Sangwin. And the last pick in the lottery, as of right now, it is held by the Sacramento Kings, and this one, I-, I took Best Player Available. So they have De'Aaron Fox at point guard, and the player they're taking can play point guard or shooting guard, you know, there's a lot of position, you know, they have two point guards in Halliburton and in Fox, which I think would be very nice, one-two punch, but I think if this guy can transform into a very solid shooting guard, which I think could be his prime position and it might actually be right now, but I'm giving them Jaden Springer, 18 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, a block, and 2 steals. I mean, I, it might not be the smartest move to take a guard, but I think the King's gotta go best available. Springer's a great prospect, as you can see, definitely has better stats than some of the guys ahead of him, but positionally, those, those teams don't really need guards. I mean, the Pelicans already have two point guards, so do the Kings, but if he falls this far, I think they take him. Grizzlies have Jaw and Brooks. Rockets, I mean, they took a guard. But I like Jaden Springer here for the Kings. You know, if he can play shooting guard and then they have a, they kind of run an OKC, okay as I was saying about, I think it was, um, who was it that I was talking uh, I don't remember. Oh, it was... Yeah, I did not remember. I think it was the Pistons. But if the Kings got an OKC-type play with Fox, Halliburton, and Springer, I think that would be great three guards for the team. And now they just have to figure out their big men. They have Rashawn Holmes and you know Marvin Bagley hasn't looked too good. But hopefully they can fill the small forward and power forward position. And I give them Jaden Springer at number 14. So all the standings and the teams that are selecting was from a few days ago. But I hope that you enjoyed this podcast segment or YouTube video. Whatever one you're watching, you know, there will be definitely more to come. This is just the mock draft 1.0. And, you know, I probably won't do one before March Madness, maybe right before, but I'll definitely do one after. And then maybe one before the draft. So we might get three mock drafts. But this is my first one. You know, I think it's very solid. The one pick that I might change would be number 14, Sacramento Kings, because now they look at it more, it might not be the greatest selection. But I don't think that Buddy Heald's their future, and I think that he'll be gone soon. So I think Jaden Springer will fit in solid. But if they keep Buddy Heald, then it's not a great pick. But he's just the best player available. So, you know, it's a solid pick. But anyways, that's going to be it for the podcast or YouTube video. I hope you enjoyed this mock draft. And, yeah, see you soon.